Hey guys. What up? What up? Hey. So last episode of the year, Will and I were like, let's have some guests on. You know, we've been chopping it up with ourselves. We needed a creative reset. So we thought to ourselves, who better to have on to close out the year than... Uh, I'm Christian Hanway, and this is my directing, writing, and uh, producing partner, Joe Scoff. Hey, guys. We we just uh, put on an off-Broadway show called Deep Fake that was about a um, kind of hapless 25-year-old loser pretending to be an omnipotent android uh, in order to help his father's robotics company. Yeah, Joe and Christian, a.k.a. Wolf Lake Studios, a.k.a. Wolf Lake Production. Uh, we have to keep on switching that back and forth. But but yeah, thanks for yeah. having us. Haven't haven't properly incorporated yet. So production versus no. studio, you know, it's yeah. out there. <laughs> Liminal. Oh, we can work on it. That's fine. We'll keep working on it. time um the thing that made us originally want to have them on is because we went to your production we were just super impressed at the the quality and the writing and and the whole the whole thing so that was one of the reasons we wanted to have you guys on and and we're super excited to talk through it um yeah seeing you guys after the show was just like oh my god it's dom and will yeah that made us so happy um, just the fact that you even like cared at all about it was, was huge. Um, Christian can attest like at this level, when you're just starting out, when anyone says anything about the stuff you've written or encourages you at all, it's, it means so much. So, and the fact that yeah. you guys now have us on the podcast means that like our first children will be named yeah. after you. Groomsman <laughs> and bridemaid. The, both Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Guys, don't Let's go. me with that. Like, I've been wanting someone small named Dominique forever. I'm such a narcissist. Like, I might name my kid Dominique. Like, I just might be like. Yeah. Are we talking yeah. DJ? Dominique Jr. Low key. Low stop key. <laughs> Will's like, yep. don't encourage her. Like, stop. But yeah. you guys have both been acting for a while. Like, we both saw you act in high school um and like we know it's something that has been really important to you both you know through college and after but i'm curious what kind of drew you to it in the first place and what was the moment that you guys sort of realized that the two of you had chemistry either on the stage or writing together historically like Joe and I have, you know, been friends, been friends with you guys since we were like freshmen in high school, um, got really close and bonded over our love of movies and theater stuff. Um, I would say when we realized that we could write together was uh, senior year, we had to like put together a one act and we wanted to direct something together, but we just like kind of procrastinated picking the play um, and it was like the night before we were supposed to turn it in to Mr. Bishop, our drama teacher, uh, for his like evaluation of what play we would do. And we we're just like flipping through these books in the library. We're like, 
all these plays suck. We looked online and all the plays had a $5 paywall to read them. We're like, we don't have that kind of money. So uh, we wrote like 10 pages of our own one that night, gave him those. And he was like, all right, I guess it's fine. You guys can do this. (laughs) We finished that up. And then that was like the first thing that we wrote together. Um, And then we did kind of a revamped version of that last year, uh, which was really fun and put that on in New York. Uh, like all the more the merrier which i'm not you guys might have come to i'm not sure um but yeah we ever since that like senior year one act we've, we've been writing plays and movies together what was it like going back to that to do more the merrier like did you like what you guys had written for the one act like did you still like it yeah it actually might be our favorite thing that we've ever written still. It's like our, it's our, the first one. So lame to say that. But no, it was, Christian, do you remember the meeting in Puerto Rico? Of course you do. We have this yes, chicken place yeah. we just absolutely love. And Christian's just like, hey, just like have this idea, you know, like, you know, this, this idea about um, there's, you know, the, the people in the theater are the live studio audience for America's number one hit sitcom. And, you know, we're seeing the live production of that show, but in the commercial breaks, there can be a lot of drama and characters kind of at odds with each other. And I was like, instantly, like, yes, that, that you know, anyone listening to this that, that likes to tell stories, you have that moment where you, you know that you can write this and it's like kind of getting your, your heart pumping. That, that was that moment. And from then, there's been just so many moments like that with Christian. So. Awesome. I would like to say that I auditioned for that round of one X and like, I'm not salty because <laughs> I don't hold grudges. Um, I don't think I performed my best in those auditions. Like I was distracted for sure, but I do remember that one act play. Okay. Um, situational comedy is yeah. really hard to write guys. Okay. If you're, you're very interested in storytelling, it's very hard. And they did a good job especially i'm sorry i love you guys you guys are great but there's not really many guys at 18 years old who can write anything relatively interesting like (laughs) that's not even that's not enough it's just many teenage boys don't have their brains developed enough to really put together anything that has substance and i remember laughing during that um during that one act so I'm so happy that you guys brought that back up because that's like my first experience of really knowing that you guys had talent, but also knowing that whether it's good or bad, that that's something that you're interested in. And I, and I personally, again, no knock to our schools. It just wasn't something that people were necessarily pushed to do, like to lean into that creative side. Um, so I was, I've been impressed ever since, and I'm really hard to impress. So, kudos. Um, but all, how? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> no, let me say sorry. I'll get you a stick gift tomorrow. It's it's Donchella tomorrow. No, no, we'll, we'll make honestly, it up. We'll make it up. I am a patron of the arts. I don't. I don't need to be acting in anything. I I simply okay. cannot. So it's okay. okay. You know, it's all for the best. What's for you won't miss you. Uh, what are you guys, how have you guys found the difference between acting and directing and producing? Obviously there's, it's one thing to, you know, story tell through acting, but it's another to like take it from 
you know, the other side of the stage. I would say um, whatever thing you're not doing in the process, you wish you were doing that thing. Oh. So, uh, you know, late night, you're <laughs> trying to break the story or just get this piece of dialogue right. And you're like, oh, my God, I can I curse on this? Is this that kind of show? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get this fucking dialogue right. Um, and you're like, wow, I really wish I was just standing on stage doing this. That'd be so much easier. And then you get to the bit where you're standing on stage doing it. You're like, oh, God, I wish I was writing this again. Um, and then anytime you're producing, which is essentially just like kind of like running a small business, just doing all the things that the play needs to go on, whether it's like renting out the theater or hiring people or um, getting stuff for the set. Anytime you're doing anything in producing, you uh, hate your life and you wish you were not doing that thing. But it's necessary to make the show happen. Yeah, just so, so just to give some context for the producing side, like what producing is at this level is just like Christian said, finding out on every single level the practicals of how it's going to get made. So when you're writing, you have this vision of what it could look like and the feelings that you want to give the audience. But then you need to determine like, okay, what's going on stage? Okay, do we have an understanding of what looks good? If we don't, we need to talk to someone who does. That costs money. Um, what about lighting? What about sound? What about all these different things? Like the producer is, the, in our case, the captains of the ship. Mm -hmm. Just like yeah. you need to get everything together. Like Facebook Marketplace was huge for us. Just uh, grinding on that half the time. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot. Do you think that just being in New York kind of allowed you to develop that kind of different sense of grit? You know, you could put on a show in the Berkshires and, you know, workshop. No, Will, it's a thing. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. It's really a, a thing. The Berkshires are really pissed I was right like, now. wow, random. No, it's a thing. Like, people <laughs> really pole. do workshop a lot of plays in the, in the Berkshires. Okay, whatever. Anyway, You're so, alienating the Berkshires audience, I just want to say. Yeah, You're like, angry you know. letters from the mountains. Or the woods? Oh, I don't know where the Berkshires is. Right. Yeah. Anyway, my all question the, is: All the Williams um, College alums are gonna get mad at me. <laughs> oh my! Not the every time you bring up the Nets pack, I never care. No. That's, that's, it's the only thing I know of in the Berkshires. So. Oh my it's your god! Fault. My question is: How did New York, the aspect of New York, and kind of, you know, obviously there's like such an amazing theater community here, and it's like probably one of the best in the world. So how did that really play a factor into the show that you put together? Maybe if versus if you were in another part of the U S well, first things first, it, it just meant that when we posted on backstage, which is how you get a lot of actors, it's like indeed for actors, we got so many submissions. So Christian, awesome. how many do you get? Do you remember that? I don't know. Like, I think for this show, like 300, um, Right. So, I mean, yeah, available actors is huge and people who are, you know, the best at what they do. Um, so it's kind yeah. of like, I don't know, it, it, it works well for the whole experience, too. It's like there's so much opportunity. If you're willing to, like, work really hard and somehow make it happen, you know, it's like there's theaters everywhere where you can put it on and there's plenty of potential audience members. But that means you have to somehow scrape together the money to get the theater. And you have mm -hmm. to, you know, create some sort of advertising or marketing campaign to get people inside the theater because um, there's a lot of other things vying for their attention. So it's like land of opportunity, but those opportunities are 
uh, require a lot of effort on your end, which is like, I don't know, makes sense. It's a good way to be. And uh, like, honestly, uh, I think if you're doing this kind of thing, you, uh, yeah, New York is a good place for theater is my hot take on this. And uh, I'll stand yeah. on that, you know? <laughs> yeah. No. You're a brave uh, man. No, totally. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll argue any listeners who want to call in and. Uh, yeah i would say one thing that we learned it is the land of opportunity Um, don't i I think we i think we understood where to put the money by the end of it but at the beginning of it i was lobbying hard for like all right we got to make it like a really nice theater you know what i mean because like when we imagined it it's like Oh, you know, it's, it's here, you know, it's on this kind of larger stage and that's what we did. Um, but by mm-hmm. the end, I think we learned, or at least I definitely learned that, you know, especially at this beginning stage, it's so much more about the writing and acting, um, and going all out for the nice stage, you know, it's, it's equivalent to like renting out insanely expensive, uh, cameras and locations if you're just starting out. Uh, filmmaking you know much better to like focus on like actual character works and acting so just a little Mm -hmm. little piece of advice for people who want to do this makes sense it was a very grand stage though it made your boy henry look huge (laughs) well so what has your like what has this collaborative process been like obviously like dom and i have had to navigate this a little bit too because we are friends like in actual life you know before we started a podcast together we were friends and we still are friends outside of it and especially now that you know you guys are doing this professionally as opposed to uh writing together in the high school library like how have you guys navigated kind of maybe balancing your friendship a little bit but also being business partners in a certain sense yeah are you guys um that is the question i had when i came on the podcast is that like are you guys still friends in real life because on the red receipt subreddit i'm hearing a lot of gossip um yeah. you know that you guys have beef because the podcast you know yeah. things have really gone south and it's mainly about the money for you two at this point yeah yeah, yeah well sorry will I, and I... I also i saw a paparazzi photo of us and our other friend getting dinner <laughs> on uh the other night so i i think that we should be good the the those rumors should be coming back around now but you know it is tough people don't really know they only know us uh, on camera you know like will and i just, just go back and forth you know it's, it's always are they not yeah. are they acquaintances uh-huh. perhaps i don't know you know yeah i don't know very great all area. the money that we we break in from this little this little enterprise <laughs> Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's what people, keeps people coming back. That tension, you know. Um, <laughs> exactly. For Joe and I, uh, yeah, uh, you were asking about like how does it work in adult life. Um, for the first couple years that I lived in the city, I was working for EY. So generally, that would be like get done with work at like nine or ten, and then we just like cram in writing session. Uh, huge shout out to Joe for being flexible with that. Um always nice too just because it's like you know we are such good friends that it's like you get to have sort of social time and get you know productive work done at the same time although sometimes Mm -hmm. 
uh the downside of that is like you see your friend and you really just want to like kick back and play video games instead of doing the excruciating job that writing can be sometimes um it's opened up a lot since i left my job back in may uh but um yeah mainly just like doing it when you can just like any kind of artistic endeavor when you're not making a lot of money off of it you just have to find the time not an exciting answer but uh more exciting when i get to hang out with joe Hell yeah, yeah. It's, i love it's lovely um yeah you know it is kind of like hard navigating the friendship uh partnership thing you know it's like when we disagree as friends it's super i mean i guess we've we've learned to be able to disagree well i feel like that's so much of the thing it's like when you agree it's like well yeah that's that's why we're doing this is that feeling of like being on the same page and writing something together it's it's learning how to disagree and not letting your emotions you know get to you too too much um you know because at the end of the day we're just we're always throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks um you know is that a metaphor i think so I think so. I think it's shit at the wall, but you know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's when it gets yeah. 3 a.m. is when we're throwing our shit at the wall. Yeah. So, they would say spaghetti in like the, the USA movie version. <laughs> this is the know. kids' bop version. Yeah. You know? Exactly. It's like exactly. Over. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, I, I would say that's a that's a good thing for every relationship, you know, just like a romantic relationship or whatever. It's like you're together so much of the time, and your life is so intertwined with the other person's when you're working creatively that it's like you got to learn that when you disagree, like you're so emotionally bound up in it. When you disagree with the other person, you might think their idea is stupid, but it doesn't mean that you hate them or they're stupid for having that idea. <laughs> blah 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 and it's like you know i think 95 percent of the time we're able to hold fast to that and then that other five yeah. percent we have a little scrap and then you know gets put to bed yeah no it's because it's oh, like it, i was just gonna say like it's easy to disagree with uh your friend and it's easy to still be friends with them if you even if you think they're not that good at their job because you don't work with them and it's easy to disagree with somebody mm-hmm. at work because you're they're not necessarily your friend and you're not necessarily tripping if you hurt their feelings by disagreeing with them. So having both just like it can be it can it can be a little bit of a galaxy brain type situation sometimes trying to figure out what to do. But um nah, it makes it all the more fulfilling, I would imagine, when you put the show on and and it's your it's like it's your man on like next to the next to you on the stage um my question because i'm a bit of a theater nerd is which productions gave you i don't know either inspiration or just it maybe you were younger and saw something and you're like oh that's what i want to do or I just kind of always want to be in that world. Or maybe you saw something and you're like, I want to do the opposite of that because that was whack as hell. So if you have a show yeah. of either or both, um, I'd love to hear it. Christian, what do you think? Um, I would say uh, no like seminal piece that was like, this is the thing that has inspired me. Um, I'd say reading a lot of Stephen King, weirdly enough, um, Jesus, <laughs> and reading about his uh, like process um, of just like he. I mean, every day he sits down and he's going to write. I think it's like six pages 
whether they're good or whether they're bad, like he's going to sit there and do it like a job. And he's just like, has written so many amazing books. So the idea of someone that can be so prolific and so dedicated to it um, and create like these like kind of like, I don't know, scary or thrilling books that I really like. Um, that was really inspiring to me. In terms of like a staged production, um, this is also not like the thing that made me want to do theater, but um, we freshman year were made to go see, I think like a Midsummer, a Midsummer Night's Dream yeah. um, directed by, it's name Ethan McSweeney, Joe. Oh, yeah, um, don't yeah, don't pretend like we didn't reach out to this guy to like beg for him to come. <laughs> no, our I, show. I, we 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 have we've, we've emailed this guy. I just don't remember what his name is, and that's on me. Yeah. But um, he did this like super cool modern version of it where I think they even had like a mud wrestling fight in the middle of it, and I was like, oh, as a director, you can basically just take whatever idea you have and like superimpose that on a story. So like, you really have this interesting power as a director. Um, and did end up doing a lot of Shakespeare as an actor, though I can't really say it brought as much of, of a unique spin to that. I was usually just playing like a a drunk, funny guy, but uh, that was good too. <laughs> My mm. dog Jordan let out a legendary snore during that production. <laughs> <laughs> Still gets brought oh up. Oh my god. I think it was, yeah, we had to see Henry the Fourth or something later, and I saw, like, the first scene, and then I woke up as everyone was, like, clapping at the end <laughs> yeah. of the play. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Joe. Joe, yeah. what about you? Um, well, I mean, you know, doing that play with Christian um, senior year, definitely giant moment. I think before that, Christian and I actually have interesting backgrounds in why we like stories at all. I'll let mm-hmm. you, I'll let Christian explain why he likes stories, but it's, it's some, there's some related. Mine is that my dad is super into movies and just all throughout my life, I would ask him, Hey, you know, dad, can I go to a party? No, we're staying in, we're watching, you know? Um, so <laughs> that is kind of how I fell in love with movies. It's just watching a ton of movies with my dad. Uh, it just, the more stories you absorb, the more it, it, in your blood and the more you want to tell it so um yeah that was that was why i loved i started loving stories but christian you have you have an interesting background in this as well i actually i i don't know what joe was talking about oh, really? you know your, your little nook you know you you used to read far more oh than you talked, even yes yeah reading. i yeah, I was a big nerd when I was a kid and uh just constantly reading. Went to Montessori school and literally to this day like don't know how to do math because all I would do is sit in the corner and read. Yeah. Um <laughs> like when I got older, I learned how to interact with other people like a little bit more. Uh but still just like lifelong reader. Um Yeah. 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 So basically I was a big nerd. That's my less cool yeah. than Joe's. But- you should have seen him try to talk to girls in high school, guys. It was, it was. He's still struggling with it to this day. It's all because of the Montessori. <laughs> I, I gotta say, um. I am a Montessori <laughs> alumni. Okay, it, I learned cursive right. before print. It's really, it really shapes you into a person more so than school. Ooh. Like, I think that you should send your kids to Montessori from like the ages of zero through five or like seven and then they need to really be like structured because kids have mad adhd and just need to sit down and know how to listen and respond but montessori like encourages very um, very free learning and i 
think a lot of kids need that. Um, right after you pop them that. out, boom, Montessori. <laughs> well, age zero. <laughs> take him away. Take him away. Yeah. It's Montessori I'm time, done. baby. <laughs> I'll done. see the boy oh, when he's five. <laughs> All right, Dom, should we get to our game? What kind of game are we talking game. about? Yeah. We're just going to allow you to use your casting director muscle and cast each other as prominent characters in Broadway musicals, okay? If it's you don't know be... the show, tell me, but oh. I did popular shows. Like, I didn't do, like, deep cuts. So Will came up with it. I will give him credit. This is very funny. I didn't. I could never think of this. <laughs> like, Will sometimes just comes up with little gimmicks, and I think he's very good for that. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful so, mind. <laughs> sometimes I'm gimmicky. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Let's but play your stupid gimmicky game. <laughs> I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go through about five different situations, and there's two different parts, both from completely different shows, and they're oddly specific. And Will, are they casting themselves, or are they casting people? They they're know? casting the no, they're casting think, the other. So okay, Joe is casting them. Christian. Christian's casting Joe. Okay, are you guys ready? Let's do it. I hope you guys were Gleeks, but uh, David Diggs' version of Thomas Jefferson and Leah Michelle's version of Fanny Bryce from Funny Girl, but in Glee. <laughs> there's, there's no way uh, Joe could be in Funny Girl. I gotta say it, but he'd be great, Boy. Thomas Jefferson. I, I, I was gonna say the opposite. Oh, yeah. Um, Christian, I think you would make a good. You would make a good TJ, Christian. That feels charged. Yeah. Uh, no, you would, yeah, you yeah. would make a good TJ. Let's just say that. Yeah. I feel like uh, the, the character that he is in Hamilton, very arrogant, um, kind of kind of an asshole. I could do that. Bit of a slave owner. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't like that part of it. I'm not into that. Yeah. Well, Anti-slavery. You're, you're morally, you're morally conflicted about it. Yeah. I'm yeah. pro-New York theater and I'm anti-slavery. Yep. Yep. And if anyone has a problem with that, they can Gosh. come find me. Abolitionist. I didn't know you were such a takesman. All right, this is another good one. I like this one actually. Um, Francis Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth, and Daniel Craig as Macbeth after the negative New York Times reviews dropped. Yeah, you got to go right back out there, baby. Show show must go on. Yeah, that is that is a brutal part of theater. It's like a movie. It's like you make the movie. You know, months later it comes out. Some people are like, oh, I don't like it. it. Shows in theaters for a little bit yet. But it's like, in a play, it's like you actively have people being like, this guy sucks in print. And then you have to go on that night and do the same shit that you've been training yourself to do in the way that you now hear sucks. And um, the worst part is, is that New York Times critic or whatever publication isn't going away. Like, he's going to go to another show that you're going to be in seven months later. Yeah. He also might hate that show, too. <laughs> This is it's like this Scott Foster of uh of New York of um play reviews. Yeah. Dang. This is a hard one. Christian, do you have an instinct? I think you could do Macbeth pretty well. I believe in Joe as an actor. I think his instincts are much better than myself. Um and obviously that's a very, very difficult role. Uh a play that is quite, you know, charged in the theatrical environment. I don't know if you guys know about the, you know, all the superstitions around it scottish play but uh yeah i think joe would crush it 
Oh, and uh, you know, he sure. doesn't let the negative. He doesn't let the haters get to him. You mean I didn't let you get night. to me when we Christian's just in my ear all the time. I I I like to take an approach as a director where I just neg the actors. Yeah, that was bad again. Bad again. Yeah, again. Christian, uh, you are Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth. Oh my gosh, I would be so honored to be Francis McDormand. Yeah, um, just legend, absolute legend. Um, you know, Marge Gunderson. Yeah, I'd be I'd be very flattered. I mean, Lady Macbeth is like, she's that bitch. Like, I remember reading yeah. that in high school and I was just like, ooh, she ate. Like, no, no. She was, she was running shit. No doubt. She was ground. Like, yeah. he didn't know what was happening. She was just like, she was like, you're dead. You're also dead. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets away with it scot-free and, you know, no no guilt, no hard feelings. Uh, yeah. Happy ending. Ice cold. Okay. Well, let me see. Well, you guys seen the show else? Barry? Uh, Barry so with good. Bill Hader. Yeah. yeah, great show. Um, okay. All right, NoHo Hank one. or Barry? Oh my God, Joe would do such a good NoHo Hank. <laughs> Joe like, would do really Joe's good Joe's uh, natural like uh, impressions and accents are really good. Um, me, I literally can't do anything except for like half do Seth Rogen, and I messed up my voice doing it. So that um chechen voice that he has i think joe could pull it off yeah, okay. you have to go bald for it joe yeah exactly we gotta go method <laughs> and get all the hair off yeah get the full you do a good seth rogan no no no, I can't. no, no, no don't, do don't do it don't do it <laughs> I cannot do it i am like you know, i have the biggest crush on him like if seth rogan really? went to my dms i would be like on the ground <laughs> Me and me and Joe are big, big Seth Rogen fans. Everything that he's been in slash produced, like he's kind of got the uh, Midas touch for comedy uh, and for other so stuff good. too. I mean, Invincible is so good. Invincible is, is so good, so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, all yeah. the loyal listeners and out the there, boys too. Invincible. Have you seen the boys? Oh, so good. Yeah, dude, that's one a great best. show. I literally yeah. like I consume it in one day. I, Joe, I don't always I bet, remember what happened after, but I bet you would do a good Homelander too, Joe. I could see you doing like, oh, um, okay. <laughs> I mean, just come out and say it, you know? All right. No, no, no. That's that's within your range. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. You're sort of a fascist. Yeah, I've always felt that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've yeah. long sensed authoritarian tendencies in you, Joe. <laughs> that's what I. That's meant. right. That's right. Oh, my God. Um, Um, Okay, we're going to ask you, just going to close out with some fun questions, just to pick Mm. your brains a bit. If you could revive any TV show, like movie, do a remake, because unfortunately now we're in the years or era of rebooting shows, whether they be off-Broadway, on-Broadway, or TV shows, movies, whatever it is, what would you pick? You can do it your way, too. You don't have to do it whatever way you're used to in terms of like not change a single element just bring this thing back so more people could enjoy it um the groundhog day musical from a couple years ago i thought way better than the movie it got like i don't know entertainment weekly ranked it number one musical of the year it only ran for like six months i have no idea how because all the movie musicals do so great now but uh for some reason people didn't seem to love it it's like the music by tim minchin who did matilda and has done a bunch of like British musical comedy, um, really just great, and I would bring that back. 
um, just so more people could see it. I thought it was awesome. Nice. As, oh, yeah. as for like changing plot lines and stuff from things that, uh, you know, failed in the past, I'd have to think for longer about that one. Too many options. Yeah. Mm. I was talking to my my sister the other day about like how much we loved That's So Raven. And we were talking about all the different plot lines in That's So Raven. And like, and she was she was saying how crazy it is that all these shows were written by adults, but therefore this like very niche age range of people. And when I was hanging out with my cousins who are like 10, all my cousin wanted to do was go on YouTube on the TV. So go on like literally airplay from his iPad and like run through different like run through different vloggers and watch their videos and podcast videos. So anyway, all this to say is that they weren't do, actually do you throw watching. Some, do you throw some rubber sheets up there? Yeah, this is gonna really resonate with you in a few years <laughs> right and <laughs> but they were tick they were podcasters that were tiktokers first anyways all that to say is kids don't go on disney channel or nickelodeon anymore and just sit there for an hour or two and watch scripted television and yeah i was i was, I was saying how sad that is you know i'm not a television writer but like that's a raven all the dan schneider shows um yikes <laughs> i know yikes um <laughs> got dan schneider apologist here but those were yeah. all bangers those were all, those were bangers. all bangers they were they were all and bangers they were all so well they were all so well cast and yeah. those teenagers were just grinding and churning out great content did we grow um, up in the golden era of child stars, bro? Yes, we did. I think we really did. Yeah. We Let's just say did. kids today are not getting exposed to Corey in the house. And I think that's a problem. Corey in the Distinct house. Lack what of a Corey deep in the cut. House. What a deep cut. Madison Pettis. Oh, my gosh. Dude, she was in Madison everything. Bro. She had that movie with The Rock. Madison Pettis <laughs> aged gracefully. Well, Beautiful. I knew you were going to go there, and I, <laughs> I love Madison Pettis. I want to kick you out of Canceled. this <laughs> Both of you guys, very problematic behavior. As King for Dan Schneider, oh, talking about Madison Pettis. Coming on my <laughs> podcast and telling me I'm problematic. Man. <laughs> Never mind, you guys. Don't okay, patronize um... Wolf Lake Productions. <laughs> Last question. What are you most excited to see or do or be a part of within the next year? Um, I am about to move out to LA to start an MFA at USC. So um, they are already sending me emails as if I was there for a lot of screenings with like directors and, and you know, cinematographers and sound people and, you know, whatever. Um, and it's making me really excited for school because I can just go to the movie theater at school and watch all these things and hear from like the incredibly talented slash intelligent people that made them. So just excited for that, like to have that kind of access and also just a plug for that in New York too. Uh, like I didn't realize until recently because I'm dumb, uh, like how many movies are getting premiered here and the directors are doing like Q and A's after and the actors I'm seeing, um, Andrew Scott talk about his new movie, uh, at the Angelica this Sunday. Um, just like yeah that's that's a really cool experience um looking forward to doing more of that nice nice yeah dude christian you're, you're gonna have a fantastic time um uh, yeah near future definitely you know hanging out with christian before he leaves 
as well as trying to navigate our partnership while he's gone. It's, I think this will be... Yeah, you guys are going to do long distance. Oh, my God. We've done it before, though. We've done it before. Bi-coastal. Yes. <laughs> coastal relationship here. Um, but, yeah, we, I mean, we are going to have a lot of projects going on the next few years. So, super excited yeah. to, to do another play, probably. Maybe write, write a script that Christian can direct with all of his newfound skills. Yeah, a lot of good stuff to look forward to. The writing part is is nice uh, when you're apart. You know, it's like same vibe. Um, honestly, we maybe get distracted less, uh, which yeah. is good. Yeah, but all the other aspects. I'm excited for you guys. That's so fun. Um, well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing uh, your thank perspective. Thank you guys so much. No, thank you. No, guys I mean, thank for you guys. Yeah. It's so much fun to hang out. Yeah. yeah, it's a good time. And thank you for contributing to pop culture you guys contribute yeah, to it seriously know keeping the arts you guys Bullshit. are keeping the arts alive for real it's hard handedly it's dying the arts are dying yeah nothing's cool anymore nothing's fun <laughs> yeah what can we what can we do to make things cool again i have noticed like a lot of it is that because we're older now and we're just not it's, hip? it's hard to be cool i don't know like there just are so many any like anybody if you go if you're cool enough you go viral and then you eventually come across people that think you're you're lame mm-hmm. you know yeah but i feel like i don't know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't have to be cool you gotta to just viral. be cool to yourself man yeah yeah i think yeah. you guys are cool when i um when i was Two weeks ago, or like right before Thanksgiving, when I bumped into Will Ferrell, like I had a second where I was like, I'm not going to say anything. Whoa, subtle, subtle. Yeah, yeah. worked it in. Actually, I never talked about it on the pod. That was, oh, I was so, I'll, I like, you, right, well, you posted about it. I remember. Talk about it next week when we're not an hour into the episode. Wait, can I just end it here? <laughs> I'll just talk about being cool for a second when he walked into the elevator. Okay. <laughs> it walked in at floor five. So we got about 30 seconds. And for a second, I was like, shit, I shouldn't say anything. Let me just be cool. But then he just walked in and I was just like, no fucking way. And he was like, he just goes, he goes way. And I was just like, okay, now we're, now we're chatting. Like now, now I'm chatting to one of the biggest comedians, movie stars, everything star in the freaking world. Amazing. And he was the coolest. And so I think at the end of the day, you probably have to be a little uncool to be cool. So just just lean into that. Because if I never yeah. said that, if I if I thought I was trying to be cool in the elevator, I would have never had a really fun and cool interaction. Just saying. So that's the mission for everyone listening to the pod. Go out this week, just be kind of uncool. That's right. Not like in a rude it's way. Cool. But like, <laughs> it's cool to be uncool. It'll be very cool. That's what I'll be doing. If kids still watched that's that's a raven and other scripted shows they would get messages like this every week but now because they only watch podcast recordings we have to give this to them that's right it's true so it's true kids age 10 to 12 listening <laughs> yeah. to the podcast uh or watching it on youtube go be uncool guys i've never Facts. seen anything like that. have you seen a 10 year old just go th- like ram through youtube no no <laughs> it's definitely it's not. terrifying <laughs> All right, we're going to close out, but thanks, guys. Thanks, Will. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy holidays. Sorry. Happy happy Domchella. (laughs) 